Jack and Cam. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jacked and Canned. John, how we doing on Thanksgiving Eve, buddy? Doing good, man. Doing good. Over here snacking away in some uh, sunflower seeds for the first time in like forever. I just saw them in the store the other day. I was like, you know what? I haven't had sunflower seeds. So once you start, you can't stop. It hurts, though. It's the ones with the salt in it. And it like burns your gums if you stash them in the side. I don't know if you were ever a sunflower seed chewer. Uh, not before. particularly. I mean, I, I've definitely experienced chewing on sunflower seeds, but I can't say that I was ever the person that was just constantly sitting there chewing them. <laughs> That's I what mean, I've been doing for the past You get hour. those kind of people. You get the guy. I There's always like three of them on the softball teams. There's just guys that literally will sit there and just keep eating sunflower seeds the entirety of the game. (laughs) A couple hours straight. It could be done. It's actually pretty dangerous because it makes me want to get like a whole pack. Just leave it in the car for like longer drives. I'll just be sitting there just like breaking up seeds like the whole entire time. (laughs) Now, here's my question. So I see that currently you have the bottle that they're being redeposited back into. Have you ever been the guy that just like spits them all over the ground everywhere? Uh, on a softball field, yeah. Like if if you're playing outdoors, right? Um, but <clears throat> it all depends. Like I probably, I don't know. I probably wouldn't do it like near the batter's box area or something. But out well, in the outfield, hell yeah. Out it, in the infield, for it, sure. It brings out uh, memory for me. I remember when I was a kid, there was a place called Lone Star. It was a restaurant, and I used to – I loved their chicken tenders. Like, as a kid, that was probably was that, my Florida? favorite place. Yeah, I don't know how nationally relevant they are, were, whatever the case may be. I don't know if they're still around, if they were just a one place, if it was like a chain. It, it came across like a chain, so I assume there was a bunch of them. Was it a steakhouse? I It could probably be considered that. I just never really thought of it that way because I was a kid and I got chicken tenders. But – <laughs> they always had uh, a thing of peanuts on the table. And the thing was, is you basically you ate the peanut and then you just threw the shell on the ground and then they just came through and swept occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, I'm always like, I, I don't see the appeal of that as an adult. Like as a kid, I was like, oh, this is cool because I can just make a mess and somebody else cleans it up. Now I'm like, that's just a douchebag place to be. Like, I don't want to sit there and not clean up after myself. It's a weird feeling. I know what you mean. I think Five Guys actually. No, is it Five Guys? Don't they do that? Don't they have all the peanuts? No, you know what I think. Uh, what I think's around here is I think Texas Roadhouse does that. Some of them, you just go ahead and you just toss them right on the floor. It's still like a thing, and I'm like, man, if anything was to be eliminated, do you think that would have been one of those? I'd actually feel bad. I legitimately would feel bad. I'd be like, no, I I can't do this. Like that's that's not for me. Like I, I like to to try to do my best anyway to clean up after myself i'm not always perfect at it but i i like clean things oh so you know what's funny you should start messing around with michelle at the house over there grab a bag of of, uh, peanuts or sunflower seeds and literally just start hawking them on the floor and just have it become like a habit so it's like day one where it's out of character for character for you doing something like that She'll be like, oh, that's weird. What the hell? Okay. No, I'll get yelled like, at day one. There's not a chance. Not a shot in hell, John. 
like that's not making it to day two. And all uh, that's that's going to be me being told to come back over with the broom and dustpan and clean that up myself. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But oh man, that that's funny though. I could just picture that because it's so out of character. Just you just hawking peanuts, or you casually just sitting down with her. I mean, that's just not something like, people no, really? do. <laughs> I know that's what I mean. It's like one of those things. Like just start doing that at like somebody's house that you like know really well. Like, hey man, how actually. You just that would be funny. Up. I wouldn't mind doing that at one of my yeah. friends' houses. Right? They're like, dude, seriously, pick that up. You'd be like, all right. <laughs> they, but, they, oh already, God, man. they they already have pretty much that like, mindset anyway with me because every time I go over anybody else's house, I have to find a spot for the empties, and not a lot of people actually have like a great designated place for empties. So <laughs> well, one of my favorite things, and John, you know this about me, is I like to specifically with a particular grouping of friends, I like to hide a beer can every time that I'm at their yeah. house. And I had one, and John, I don't know if I've told this on air, but I had one friend in particular who I hid a beer can in their house and didn't tell anybody where I had put it for probably, I don't know, I think it was a little over two years um, granted at one point I went in and switched out the can cause I didn't want it to smell like stale beer in their house, mostly because I didn't want them to figure it out. So what mm-hmm. I did was I just went to the spot and swapped the can. However, what I will say is the reason I ended up eventually revealing where I put it, cause otherwise I would have done this for the rest of the time is that they had a baby and I was like, you know what? I don't want the baby to end up finding this because yeah. you know, a can's not really something you want around a baby. So I'm like, okay, let, let me let me go get this now. I, actually, I feel like I did it at their gender reveal. <laughs> I feel like that's when I when I revealed also where the can was because honestly, the the wife in this scenario thought I was lying. She was like, "Colby, there's no can here. You're just doing this to piss me off." I'm like, no, I swear, I checked every time that I've been here, the can is still there. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, I think it was I think it was over two years, John, that I le- legitimately just had a can hiding. And it was just behind a couch cushion. That's all it was. Like I didn't have like the super intricate oh spot. God. Yeah, they, really? you know. Yeah, you know how on on a couch how you have like the pillows propped up against the corner for yep. for where the cushions go in. Well, theirs theirs is leather, so theirs was a little bit like it, it's almost raised. It's kind of like a bubble, so it was a little bit easier to just slide in. And they never found it. And there was one time I was nervous because uh, one of the sisters was over. And she happened to, she happened to literally sit on it, and I heard it crinkle. And then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh damn, they're they're gonna know, they're gonna know. But no, they didn't. They they never found out. Oh my god, man, that is awesome, dude. Talking about crazy things in houses. Last night, one forty in the morning. Okay, I ended up waking up, and I remember because it was kind of dark. I'm like. I don't know what made me turn on my lamp. I don't know what made me turn on my lamp, right? I'm like, is, it, is that something? Like, I thought I saw something. Dude, I turn on the lamp, homie, and all I see is, like, this big, like, spider-looking figure. When I say big, I'm talking massive. And I'm like, holy sh-. So I jump up, dude. Jump Are you up. talking like that movie, Eight-Legged Freaks? It was big, Coles. Big. Like, Big, big. This ain't like a baby spider. I'm talking huge. And it wasn't like in its body that it was huge. 
And it wasn't like a daddy long leg either, where it's like just, you know, it was wide, so it if, was big. If the body and the legs weren't specifically large, what was? Dude, the, the no, the legs were wide. And it wasn't like a Oh, they thick, were like, like girthy? Yeah, it was like it wasn't like a tra- tarantula. It was more like just a creepy ass, just big overall spider. I remember just getting up at 140 in the morning. I'm like, ah, and I take all my blankets and throw it at it. Like that helps or kills anything. Why would you throw blankets at anything? <laughs> exactly, man. So I was terrified. So needless to say, last night, that's why I seem a little tired, a little off. A little. <laughs> you were terrified of the giant spider? I was. So I slept on the couch where I periodically kept waking up every so often because I wasn't used to it. So I slept on the couch last night. I got like five hours of sleep because this ter- this terrifying spider has haunted my soul. So that's why I seem off. That's why I'm trying to like give myself a, a leg up over here. I can't even have a beer because I'm so drained. The damn spider <laughs> got me. It didn't even bite me, Colbs, and it got me. So now I have this feeling in the back of my mind. That's why I keep turning my head occasionally, if you notice. <laughs> you're, you're just looking out for a spider that's on the on the move? Yeah, so I, I flat out said, I don't care, okay? I am ripping apart this room inch by inch. I am going to spray raid in all corners of the room. I'm going to put down insect and spider traps everywhere. Dude. A haunting in Connecticut? I finally understand what that movie should be about. <laughs> Legit life, a haunting by a spider here in Connecticut. So, and I'm like, it's a possibility, right? Because I live above a garage. So you get spiders all the time. Oh, John, you, you know? would have been terrified. I lived in a particular town in Connecticut, probably at this point about six, seven years ago. And I lived in the basement of the condo. And outside of that was a wood pile so spiders really like wood and they really like basements so the whole coating of the patio slider that was down there which was kind of like in a way like my door to the outside even though you know i'd usually just went upstairs and out the front but this thing was just coated in spiders spiders never really bother me because i know that they eat all the things that do bother me they eat the ants they eat the flies they eat all that stuff so I don't mind having spiders around. I mean, I'm not somebody that's going to have like a pet tarantula running around because I, what <laughs> love and affection does the spider have for me? But I, I'd never really <laughs> minded spiders. Granted, I, I like I think I've said this on the show before. If I see one in the house and Michelle's not home, I tell it it has to go hide because if Michelle sees it, I have to kill it. I, I don't get a choice there. If Michelle sees it, I have to go kill it. So I keep trying to have these conversations with them and they just, I don't know if they just don't listen well or what the deal is. I don't know what the hearing radius is on a spider, but they, they definitely are not good listeners. No, they're not. Mr. Mrs. Spider, if you can hear us, if you can hear me, that's an open invitation. <laughs> Ooh, that's that's an open invitation. Yes. To go over Colbs's house. <laughs> okay. Go over Colbs's house, sneak in my bag one day and just crawl out and go hang out in Colbs's room. But Coles, dude, it freaked me the hell out, man. So that's where I was at. And not to mention, it messed, it messed with me psychologically because I was like, you know, last night I went out to go see Sebastian Bach, which, by the way, totally kick-ass show. Totally kick-ass show. Sebastian Bach playing all the hits from Skid Row. And, oh, dude, it was great. 
It's freaking great. I just like that he's distanced himself so much from the band that he's just playing the band songs, but referring to it as just Sebastian Bach. Yeah, he's playing all of those songs. He added in a couple other ones as well. But dude, some of the uh, punch, some of the punch <laughs> punchliners that he mentioned there, uh, we can't repeat it back here on the podcast because <laughs> it's definitely not good. But if you know Sebastian Bach, I'm sure you can kind of assume. Yeah, right? it doesn't it doesn't take much as long as you know the personality of Sebastian Bach. I, he's just yeah. he's like an ultimate rock star type. I mean, you, you're not going to change him. No, there was somebody up in the front, and he's like, boy, he's like, yeah, I'm getting so excited up here. I'm getting high off this music. I'm getting high off a of rock and roll. He's like, I'm going to bonk you right on your head. And he looks down, like, you know, at his je- at his pants area. <laughs> and oh, he, looks at a, he looks at the dude in the front row. He goes, yeah, Mr. Pornhub hat guy. He's like, oh, you don't get it. You're too young. He walks away and starts <laughs> he just drops F-bombs on everybody. And I'm like... Dude, Sebastian Bach is nothing but a savage, man. He is a total rock star. No, he's he never been anything him. but that. Man, that's just, yeah. it's, it's him. It's him, man. And he, he, he kept mentioning, he's like, I'm 53 years old. He's like, he still has his voice, Colbs, by the way. A lot of people lose their voice. I was going to say, you're doing, happy. like, when you're impersonating him, I know you're not trying to do, like, a dead-on impression, but there's you've kind of got the cadence. Of a Sebastian Bach? Yeah, when you're doing the Sebastian Bach, not your natural voice. And granted, I know you're still using your natural voice, but your cadence yeah. when you're doing like a small impersonation of him, not not too far off. Dude, it's it's funny though, man. He 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 puts on a hell of a show. That's all I can say. <laughs> he will forever be show. the youth gone wild. <laughs> he will. He has it tattooed. He pointed at it <laughs> on his arm. <laughs> of course he, he does. Tatted on his arm. In <laughs> the youth gone wild, he's like. For everyone partying with us 35 years ago, we're the youth gone oh wild. My gosh. <laughs> oh. like, that is awesome. I'm like, that is awesome, man. But, dude, he has the energy. He can move. He dances. Dude, he bashing his head, like, headbanging like crazy. And um, I just couldn't believe it with his voice, man. And uh, he put on one hell of a show. So if anybody's curious, Sebastian Bach, and he, he's in your area, go check him out. The dude's a total rock star. Uh, it's 80s music, but that's the thing, Cole. Skid Row, it really wasn't like glam hair metal. It was a little different. It was, it was like somewhere in between like the, the like the pop music of that era and the metal yeah. music of that era. It was, it was definitely riding the border. It was riding the border, so it was a little bit different. Uh, so it's not like the same sounds as like a poison would be. And it's not quite like an Alice Cooper either. It's right, right. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Because I know when he was doing it, there were still bands out there like Metallica was doing it. Yeah. Iron Maiden was doing it. I, I think even Pantera was around during a lot of Sebastian Bach's time. But Skid Row, it wasn't that. And it also wasn't, yeah, like you said, Poison. It wasn't uh, uh, who else was doing it. You know, you know these bands better than I do. Oh, dude. All of them, pretty much. Cinderella, freaking all of yep. them, man. White Snake. Uh, White Snake. And he did give a big-time shout-out to Pantera, which was really cool. And somebody was wearing a Pantera hoodie you in know, the audience. I think I actually have the comp for something that was like them, and that's Motley Crue. I think the Motley Crue and Skid Row yeah. were pretty similar. Yeah, he actually did a little bit of a kind of a tribute. Uh, well, not so much like a tribute, but he did play a little bit of uh, one of their songs. Which was cool. 
and he did hit Vince Neal's voice right on spot. Well, right I mean, a lot of those guys had almost, yeah, they, they almost had all the same voice. It, it was weird. Yeah. It, it, that's how music works, though. Music's always in a way where everybody's trying to do the same thing. Like, you find the one hot thing, and everybody tries to replicate it as best they can. That's why music today, like, I don't like any of the stuff that's in the pop world for the most part. But, like, I, I enjoy the that a lot of like bands that are still hanging around, they're not changing for the new sound. They're trying to just stick to what yeah. it is that they've always done. Because I mean, for me, I mean, John, you know this about me. I stopped listening to new music for the most part, like eight years ago already. So, I mean, there's only a little bit that I listened to from the, really the last decade. True. Dude, man, I'm just saying next time he's in town, we got to go see him. But Colbs, next thing we got to see right here is cracking a cold with Colbs. Happy Thanksgiving Day edition of the Jack and Can Pod. We'll be right back. We're going to crack a cold one. Welcome back. And now it's time for Cracking a Cold One with Kolbs. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Cracking a Cold One with Kolbs, the segment where I drink a beer and John tells you something of interest. John, what do you have for the audience tonight, buddy? Hell yeah, man. So what we got of interest tonight... As the weather over here in Connecticut has finally gotten to a point where it's going to be so damn cold, they're calling for snow in the forecast for the first time. Upcoming uh, here this Monday. Colbs, are you ready for snow? No, never will be. I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I've lived up here now for 15 years. It does not make it any easier. Anytime that it gets cold outside, it drops below 70. I'm already cold. Drops below 50. Winter jacket is busted out. Everybody at work makes fun of me. They all were saying today, they're like, man, you know, I never break it out before Thanksgiving. It's a rule that I have, but I, I might have to today. And I'm like, I've been wearing the winter jacket for like four weeks. <laughs> Dude, I don't even, I never really rock a winter jacket. I just go with the hoodies. Dude, like the I don't really- care how ridiculous I look because I don't look like I look funny in my jacket. It, it's way too big for me. <laughs> like as far as like how far down it drops. It does, it's going to wear it tonight. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to wear it tonight. <laughs> it's cold out there, man. It <laughs> is. I'm not going to be wearing it inside, but it's coming with me. Dude, which just reminds me, Sebastian gave a funny freaking note when he was on stage. He started singing, baby, it's cold outside. Oh, God, of course he did. But he didn't sing the whole lyrics. He only sang that part and everybody knew. And he's like, that's exactly why New Haven, Connecticut, I don't want to go outside. It's too damn cold in Connecticut. He's like, we just got back from Minnesota, and that place was even crappier. Like, I'm like, holy crap, Sebastian was going off. He's like, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand this. I don't, I don't get how people continuously buy tickets to go see somebody that's clearly just going to bash you with everything that he's got verbally. No. He did love Connecticut. That was just his one thing with cold weather. He actually uh, mentioned that he uh, came here when he was younger. His aunt and uncle lived over here. So he was able to visit Connecticut back in the day. So that's cool. He did He did love it. Toad's Place. Colbs, have you ever been in Toad's Place? No, I've never been. I've heard of it several times. Never actually been there. Yeah, so it's one of those things, man. We'll have to go sometime. Anyhow, what's the segment about? So today we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving, John, because we are at Thanksgiving's <sighs> Eve. So tomorrow is Turkey Day. Granted, Michelle and I pretty much already did what we're going to be doing for Thanksgiving. However, this is the perfect time to ask. I want to know, 
What A is John doing on Thanksgiving? What am I doing tomorrow? Yeah. I, I'm just going over uh, Rose's families for Thanksgiving. After that, probably watch a little bit of a football game. And, uh, dude, just kind of kick back, chill. And, Colbs, me and you both were in retail, so we never really can do too much. Other people have the luxury of like, oh, my God, long weekend. All right. So, yes, people with mental health, we're totally going to go ahead <laughs> and bypass the whole crash. What would it be? What would a Jack and Canned episode be without a whole technology glitch? So we're I know. We run through. We, we've been doing this show for uh, about a year and a half, give or take. And we still find ourselves in scenarios like this where me and John were just having an interesting conversation about the dude that attacked Zach Rollins or Seth Rollins, rather. Sorry. And <laughs> what comes of that is all of a sudden John gets a message that says critical error and it closes us out of doing the episode or at least it closed John out. Hopefully it closed me out, too, because me and John continued to talk. Yeah, it <laughs> just, did. Okay, good, because I was going to say it kept showing me as if I was still recording, but they canceled the whole damn thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was my other worry. I was like, damn it, if we just lost that conversation, we we actually spend time creating this subject matter. And me and John just tried to have a natural conversation based upon what we did. And I thought we were having a pretty good talk about Seth Rollins and his uh, his attacker that's motives I just don't quite understand. Well, I mean, with that said, right? So, yeah, we were having a good conversation. Colbs, if you're going to attack a wrestler, why not attack someone that's weaker than Seth Rollins? Like, <laughs> yeah, give me Rey Mysterio. I mean, even Rey Mysterio. I don't know. Rey Mysterio might mess you up. He'll just be doing a whole bunch. I'm not even suggesting that he wouldn't. Around. I'm just saying, like, that's at least yeah. somebody that's not going to literally crush you. <laughs> Or or try to go after somebody really, really big where you can at least out ah, – no, because you're trying to attack them. I don't know who. Don't attack a wrestler. They're too athletic. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are athletic freak shows. Like they, they are the kind of people that everybody aspires to be because A, look at them, and B, watch all the stuff they actually do. Those guys are just trained monsters, man. It's like giving, it's like giving a wild animal like a bear a skill set. I know you're pretty much be you'll be violating the code of conduct of the business, right? If you're an indie guy, let's say, and you're part of uh, Jacked and Can Backyard Wrestling, ooh, that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> if you're part of that, right, and you bull rush in the WWE, which is stupid thought already because you're risking it. These guys, they don't have to take it easy on you. Like they have full ability to go nuts. But if you do that. And if you're successful, let's say, in getting a dude to like legitimately tap out, not a fake thing, like tap out, tap out, and you get him tapping, uh, are you going to get a contract somewhere? Because you might. <laughs> I mean, I I guess you could from, you know, <laughs> God, it would be such a kick in the balls if somebody did that on Monday Night Raw and then, you know, you see him on AEW. Yeah, they get to, oh my God, could you imagine that? Could you freaking imagine that? Or, or Colbs, what would be really cool is if, like, not cool, I guess, but if an AEW dude, like, legitimately interfered with a WWE match, I get it. It's a code of conduct, but it would be enticing TV. You'd totally be violating the structure of everything what that business means, which is a huge no no. You'll be banned from everything. But for TV's sake, 
imagine like a WWE dude, like just going into the ring, not punching anybody, not being physical, just totally blowing up the spot for the whole show. I could what? see a massive ratings increase for the other show. So like, say for example, for the, the Jericho just shows up on WWE. Like he just shows up there and he's just, he yeah. just picks up a mic and starts talking. Right. I, I'm pretty sure AEW is going to have its highest numbers it's ever had the next week. Granted, I'm sure that Jericho is going to get in some legal issues of sorts, probably. Big. You know, I would imagine all civil type stuff, but <laughs> regardless, I still think that that's going to cause like a massive rating spike. And honestly, for a guy like him, it might be worth it. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're that level and you know you might get a couple of fines, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 grand, 100 grand. And you're like, ah, screw it. You know what? I could pay that because I'm going to make that back just on ratings alone. <laughs> like if you have your other network telling you like, yeah, go ahead. No worries. We got your back. We'll pay the lawyer fees. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, because there's a lot of corporate backing with companies like that. So I don't think that that could be something that's discussed like in the corporate meetings. Like, yeah, hey, we're going to go do this. I think that would be something that he, somebody like Jericho, for example, would have to make up on his own. And I'm only using Jericho, by the way, for two reasons. One of which, because he is the polarizing figure of the AEW, and B, because I don't watch wrestling, so I don't know any of the other people. Dude, there's a guy in there. Uh, he goes by MJF. He's pretty damn good, but we're not going to go too much into it. He gets he gets a lot of heat, a lot of heat. But anyways, that was my little wrestling piece. I was. Uh, Kind of blown away when I saw this dude just go mock 80 at him and just try to tackle him down. I was just shocked at how successful it went. Like, granted, I know that Seth Rollins didn't see it coming, but I mean, that that was pretty impressive on that dude's part that he was able to not only get the tackle, but he was able to, for the most part, maintain like, the, Control. you know, the, yeah, yeah, I guess that would be the word I'd use because I don't want to say that he was using the correct position or like a, uh, like a dominating <laughs> position, because honestly, that looked ugly it, it looked like two people that didn't know what they were doing at that point but i mean he did about as well as you could in that circumstance because honestly i could totally foresee a scenario in which he goes to do that and he just ends up getting power bombed dude I, i'm just man it, it's just crazy it's crazy just don't do it. It's not a smart decision, but it makes for damn good TV when it's captured. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's the thing. I mean, we, we can sit here and tell you how bad of an idea it is, but at the same time, we both watched the video before even getting yeah. on here and talking about it. I mean, that's that's what happens. That's exactly what spikes ratings. It's just mayhem and chaos. That's why so many people watch the news. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And talking about ratings, please rate, review, subscribe. It's been another episode of the Jacked and Can Show. Happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day special. Go watch the rerun of the parade. Colbs, any last thoughts? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been... This was Jacked and Canned. Tune in to new episodes on iTunes and check out what the boys are getting themselves into on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Jacked and Can. Presented by No One.